Yeah, we are here. It's a new year. What's poppin', man? Shaman Dean Edwards. Dean Edwards. My boy Rodney used to say it like that. Dean Edwards. Hey, Dean Edwards. Yo, welcome to the motherfucking protocol, man. It's 2015. I told y'all fools. The new era of 2015 is upon us. What will you do? Where will you be? Alright, bring it down to that son. Yo, man, it's good to be here. We all, if you're listening or if you're uh, ingesting this, however you are, if I'm all in your ear, uh, then you made it to another year, man. I'm happy for you. I'm happy you're still here with us. Blessings to all that made it. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's uh, move on, man. It's a new year. Do y'all, do y'all, um, do y'all make those resolutions? I don't really believe in resolutes and shuns, man. I believe to just live life. You live life and you move closer towards enlightenment. That's what you do. You move you move closer towards the what is called the enlightenment. As Boosie said, don't concentrate on the finger. Well y'all know the rest. Um But yeah man, it's New Year. Uh you know the the end of uh 2014 left people in a reflective mode and the beginning of a new year usually has people uh preparing for the future preparing to move forward preparing on um new challenges and new ideas and looking forward hope i think people usually start off the new year more hopeful than anything. Um, it's always interesting because I, I like seeing where people's heads are when a year is about to end. And you can always tell how a year went for somebody based on how they're feeling <laughs> when the year is about to end. You know, you have some people that are like, man, I'll be glad when this year's over. Right, everybody has that one friend. You bring up the um, the year, they're just like, or the change in the year. And they're like, man, I'll just be glad when this year is done. I'm tired of this year. This ain't this year stunk. But then you have others that uh, you know, look at the year and and find. I guess that they're sort of the glasses half full type people. You know, the type that will look at the year and say, you know what. It didn't go great, but I'm happy with it, and we'll find a way to make it work. Um, and then hopefully next year will be even better than this year. I, I tend to lean on that one, man. I tend to look at the uh, years as saying, shoot, they're going to pass, so take something positive out of each year. And hope something new comes of the next year. Because that's really all you can do. You have no control. You ain't got no control over it. You know? I mean, <laughs> ultimately, you can't do nothing about what's already been done, player. So you may as well find something you like about it. You know what I mean? And I, I, I enjoyed last year, you know. I enjoy every year, man. But that's just me. That's just me. And... Uh, the end of the year uh, came out with a bang, man. Um, I'm, I'm glad y'all rode out with the brother. 
last week because I was on the road. I uh, had to go to Qatar to go entertain the troops. It was actually uh, actually had more fun than I thought I would, man. You know, um, I think initially I was reluctant. I don't even say reluctant. I just I'm not. I know some people, and maybe some of you that listen are the type that like going out and partying on New Year's Eve, and and uh, then there are those that'll go to church on New Year's Eve and stay in sort of a prayerful and meditative mode, and uh, some people want to go to Times Square. I ain't never understood that. Why would you want to go? Why would you want to go somewhere where you know you ain't gonna be able to pee for a long time? <laughs> so, uh, and then the, those like myself uh, that as comedians, you either you can work on New Year's Eve, as many people will, many people do, uh, and then there are those that will, you know, um, chill at the crib on New Year's Eve. I like chilling at the crib. I don't like being out in it. I like to relax. I like to chill. Chill. I, I watch the ball drop, man. I always have just chilled and watched the ball drop from the crib. Um, but I'm an ill brother like that. You know, that's that's the type of dude I am. Um, but what about you, uh, for the Monk and Protocol fam? What do y'all like to do? Tweet me at I am Dean Edwards. We're gonna be more viral this year. <laughs> We're gonna interact more. Leave a comment on SoundCloud or iTunes. Uh, follow me at Instagram and Twitter and uh, even uh, Facebook fan page. All things just I A M and then Dean Edwards. Cause y'all know the deal. Y'all know the routine. That's who I am. Um, but yeah, this this uh, this New Year's Eve was was an exciting one because I got to go entertain the troops. Uh, actually, used to have to say an um, undisclosed location in Southwest Asia, but now I guess they become a little more relaxed. Uh, so I could say it was the Aludid Air Force Base. Uh, and let me tell you something: this place it's far, in Doha, Qatar. It's far. The the flight here here's here's where it it, it bit me in the ass. Uh, last couple of times I went, I think I flew on Qatar Airways, and my man Jay Larson. Shout out to my man Jay Larson, uh, and the Crab Feast podcast. Y'all check out the Crab Feast. Very very funny cat. Good good dude. A uh, friend of mine. We done. Uh, going on the road a couple of times, actually to this particular Air Force base, uh, we did it, I think the first time I went was two years ago, maybe three years ago, I, I remember it was on Christmas Eve, and when they booked the brother, and they said Christmas Eve, I said, well, I gotta get home by Christmas morning, and my agent, Doug, you lied to me, I don't think he lied on purpose, I think he was going with the best information he could share, and they informed him that he could get me back by Christmas morning. Turns out, that wasn't the case when we got the ticket. The ticket flew me out, I think, on maybe the 20... It was a quick turnaround, too. I think I might have left on the 21st, maybe the 22nd. I'll have to check my schedule. But essentially, if you're traveling over and you're going to that part of the world from New York... 
um, it's gonna you're gonna lose a day. So you leave on say Sunday and you get there on Monday because you're going ahead. You're you're essentially pressing you're fast forwarding. And so uh, um, previously I flew directly on Qatar Airways. But I think they're the only airline that flies directly from New York JFK. Otherwise, you gon' you gon' connect. <laughs> you know, you gon' connect. And I remember Jay and I, we both reflected on the flight back. We we were both like, yo, this is the best airline we've ever been on. Let me tell you something. Their coach, uh, their coach class is better than business and first class on a lot of the domestic. I think pretty much every domestic airline I've ever flown in the States uh, pales by comparison compared to Qatar Airways. These mugs, they just, they get it right, man. They have the, 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 <laughs> the flight attendants are flying, they're gorgeous, they're serving you, they keep you full, and the food is banging, and the entertainment system is banging, and even the seats are banging. And what's funny is, you know, normally, any other time, here's a trick, here's the protocol, for any comics going to do gigs overseas, um, I mean, this is also based on your your worth as as a performer, but I know, uh, shout out to my man, Ahmed Ahmed, or Ahmed Ahmed, depending on where you're from and uh, what language you speak, but my boy Ahmed Ahmed and Maz Jobrani and uh, Dean Obidullah and Aren Kadir. And a couple of uh, my other, those are the main cats that uh, helped establish the uh, the comedy scene in the Middle East. You know, I, I don't think that's even uh, disputable. I think that's a known fact that they really, these these guys really helped uh, with their Axis of Evil comedy tour and comedy show, I should say. They um, they helped crack crack the nut of comedy in the Middle East. And... They helped establish, uh, you know, minimums that I believe people should adhere to. So, my protocol, the rule, the rule this week, you should know, hit two things. Actually, I'll take it back even further than something that Ahmed told uh, told me and and Maz and them back in '95. I did Def Comedy Jam. And did it, uh, who was on my season? Uh, we did Def Comedy, the All-Star Jam. That's where they had all these different, uh, these different, um, you know, well-established comics or comic uh, superstars, at least on the black circuit, were hosting each episode. So, uh, you know, you had Jamie Foxx hosting an episode and Chris Rock. This is, uh, this is pre-Chris Rock, Bring the Pain. This is... This is Chris Rock, big ass jokes, Chris Rock. This is right before Bring the Pain, which he did about a year later, a little less than a year later. So Chris Rock, Jamie Foxx, Cedric the Entertainer, you had all all the cats that came out of the Def Jam sort of camp. Uh, you know, Ricky Harris, Sid the Entertainer, uh, Adele Givens. Um, geez, uh, there's so many. And Chappelle hosted mine with uh, me, um, Matt Drew Fraser. It's gorgeous. It was gorgeous. That's Drew's. <laughs> it's gorgeous. It's amazing. Drew Fraser. Uh, I I opened it. I went on first. 
my girl Maya went on after me, and I remember Chappelle said, give it up from Manhattan, Maya. And he said, from Manhattan, comma, Maya, but a lot of people thought her name. I remember going on the road, <laughs> and these dudes were like, oh, man, you know who's funny and look good? That girl, Manhattan Maya. I was like, no, son, that's not her name. But people like alliteration. Uh, yeah, so Chappelle hosted mine, uh, and I did it with uh, a couple of my boys. My man, Rudy Rush, did it that year, I think, uh... I think that's when I met my 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 good friend and uh you know our dearly departed uh, brother in this comedy thing Todd Lynn. Um did did Mike Yard I I think Mike B who would later become Mike Britt once he became a more mainstream comedian. I won't even say mainstream but once he broke into the mainstream club Mike Mike B became Mike Britt. That's what usually happens with with comics. <laughs> they have a, a like a superhero name on the uh <laughs> they have a superhero name or some interesting name with black circuit but when they start doing the uh mainstream circuit they they go with the government uh who else who else oh my man Atheon, my, my boy uh Atheon crockett i think Corey holcomb did it my see so you know um we had a good good class that year of of uh fine talent i remember uh oh mark curry hosted uh, maybe Don DC. I remember after 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 we finished tape, and we went to we we the after party was at this spot over on uh, on I think East Third. I always pass this spot as on East Third and like Lafayette in the Village. And I'll never forget hanging with Mr. Cooper. Had on a waist length fur coat. And it just looked funny because he's so tall, so it looked funny, man. That was funny to me. But we rode over, you know, we all new niggas. We all new Negroes and, and feeling ourselves. And we're all happy because we just did Def Comedy Jam. So it was like me, Atheon, Rudy, and maybe Corey. I remember, it was, it was four of us, though. I remember we were in the limo, and we all were just excited, thinking our lives are changing forever. And I'll never forget because... Rudy had a Rudy had a funny joke where he talked about women women wearing tight jeans and they have a little bubble up front. And he and he said bubble in the crotch area and he said uh he said he remembers when he was in school, his teacher had that and his friends were like, Yo, you see that? He's like, Yeah, Miss Johnson got a fat boo. Miss Johnson got a fat boo. That was my, my edit. <laughs> Um, and Avion, I'll never forget, I, I thought Avion was cool, because he did, he was the first dude I saw do a good, good impression of Bernie Mac, uh, which, which was dope, um, uh, Avion was big on the impressions, and, and, and I liked it because I was like, there are more of us out there, and we got along, and that's, that was the other thing, it wasn't, we never felt any, uh, any competition, which was, which was nice, um, because, you know, we both were getting our first, first big TV break, and then, a lot of people don't notice, Atheon, because he hip hop head like me, uh, and so Atheon uh, danced at the end. You know, at the end of Def Comedy Jam, they always had like a cipher of dancers coming out at the end during the credits. And Atheon, I was impressed because we were like, "Yo, he just did the show," but then after the show, he also danced at the end. So that was kind of. Um, so anyway, after we did the show, 
went on the road uh, the, the following summer. It aired, we did that November 95. It aired February 96. No one saw it. <laughs> Which I've mentioned on previous a previous episode of this, The Father Bucket Protocol, but nobody saw it. Um, at least not the way we thought they would. You know, Def Comedy Jam at that point um, had sort of lost its its su- superior influence over being the, the place you went for uh, urban comedy um, and black comics and comics of color because everyone had started following suit. By that point, uh, Comic View was... was uh, you know, always on the air, and you had hybrids of of different comedy shows, comic justice, and and all these other things. So, and and a lot of the uh, cast that blew up off of Def Comedy Jam had started, you know, transitioning to their own TV shows. You know, Steve Harvey. A lot of people don't know Steve Harvey had his own show before Def Comedy Jam. I think it was called Hanging with or Me and the Boys or something. And then a few years after that got canceled, he wound up with the Steve Harvey show, which had him and Cedric. Uh, and then D.L. Hughley had the Hughleys in the in the late 90s. And, and Bernie was the last. He got his, and his, which I think holds up as the best show, period, uh, which was the Bernie Mac show. Um, so I go on the... Uh, anyway, I, I, I... But I kid, I, I, I stray... And and that look, man, that ain't gonna change. You know I'm a straight, but I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna land the plane. So we go on the road. Uh, did the creative tour. Uh, made my little bit of money, which made me realize, wait, I can make, I can make uh what it was like a hundred fifty dollars a show, which is nothing. Made like a buck fifty, and the headliner got three per show, and so I, we were supposed to have like. We're supposed to do about 15 shows. 15 got whittled down to 10. Um, spent money on the road on gas and whatnot. So I probably came home with maybe a G. Uh, so I remember Todd said, Hey man, because at that point, then we started, uh, we started going on the road. Um, a little more often, and Todd and I, since we got cool, we would start, we would start, uh, you know, booking ourselves together. It was a good lineup, you know. We had different energy, and we worked for a lot, of, a lot of promoters uh, named Ray Ray and Duck. And every so often, we work with a, uh, we work with a promoter that you'd appreciate. That would get it right, you know. Uh, I'll never forget, shout out, I don't even know if they're still around, but Snap Entertainment, I think they were in Detroit, this dude uh, sent us our, he, he got, bought us our tickets and then sent us our advance, uh, our, our, you know, 50% advance and then gave you the remainder of your money um, in cash right before you went on stage. Or he would give you a check and then you would cash out. And I thought this dude was classy and that, that's what made me say, you know, there are dudes out there that get it right. So, you know, you're going on the road for a couple of years. I quit my day job at this point, and I remember Ty, I'll never forget that he said, and also Rudy said, Rudy said, yo, son, you can never leave New York City for less than 500 right? That was rule number one, because we got credits now. That was Rudy's thing. He said, we got we got TV credits now, so you should at least be able to get 500 for your for your uh for your time, because people have to understand, it's not just about, 
It's not just about doing the show. It's about traveling. It's about the wear and tear of traveling, wear and tear on your body, the the fatigue that your body experiences, the the headache of having to deal with any promoter named Ray Ray or Duck. <laughs> Uh, and, um, and so that was Rudy's rule. And then Todd, um, took it one step further. He said, Hey man, you should never get paid less than what your flight costs. <laughs> now it sounds crazy, but it's true because there are dudes, there are people out here. And I learned this as I got older, right? As I, as I matured, uh, in, in life as well as in the realm of entertainment, I got to understand, or I came to understand, that people do different things uh, for different reasons, you know. And just because I don't think you should do it doesn't mean you're not going to do it. and doesn't mean that you're wrong if you do do it, um, you know. So, that being said, yeah, you would say, like, if, if, if the... If the bottom line you could go do a gig was five hundred, there were dudes that would go do a gig for two hundred and three hundred, and and would sort of uh, shave shave points off off of the amount you got paid. Why? Because you know sometimes people are desperate. You know, and years ago I would have gotten angry. I would have been upset. I've been sitting around like, yo, man, they messing up the game. Hey, hey! When people take it way too seriously and talk like that, yo, man, this this game right here, yo, they mess. It's, look, this this is not the drug uh, hustle, okay? It's stop stop getting in your head the game and the jargon. Who gets caught up in the jargon anymore? Anyway, stop. Anywho, uh, I used to get annoyed when when I find out like. I would go do a gig and then somebody else would do it for less. The reason being, there were two reasons. Number one, you'd get annoyed that they would do these gigs for less because if because it muddies the waters, okay? So if I go do something and I've, and I've set the value at 500 and they paid me five. Well, put it this way. I call the promoter calls. Yeah, I want to book you. And, and also... The, the the numbers obviously going much higher than this, but this I'm talking like when we first started going on the road and you had your first uh, TV credit. Uh, you know, somebody calls you. It's like, hey man, hey, look. I don't know why I gave him a cunt. It's because it's always some dude out in the uh, out in the country that that won't book you out in, uh, out down south or in the Midwest that won't book you. Hey player, hey look, I just uh, I seen you on uh on. On on TV and uh, who I gotta get in contact with, and you like you know what you can deal with me, and I'll send you. You don't have an agent at this point, so you're like, here I'm deal with, deal with me. Hey, so wh- how much how much we need to pay you to uh, bring you down here? Now back then you didn't know the questions to ask. You know now you you this is how you you want to get a decent number. Here's what you do. You look at. Uh, how many place seats and how much they charge for tickets, and then you find a number based on how much they're gonna make that's gonna satisfy you, but still allows them to make some decent money, right? Um, I didn't do all that back then. I was just like, all right, well, Rudy said we gotta get at least five hundred, so I'm gonna take at least five hundred. Uh, sometimes you would say, you know what, you say five hundred, so you say, yeah, I get, um, you know what, I need seven fifty, or I need a G. Right, and they're like, "All right, man, I only got seven fifty. You like, "All right, boom, 
I asked for a G. He said seven fifty, but I would have done it for five. So you still that's a win. That's a win right there. Um, but if if you say a number, if you say yeah, I need uh, I can't, I need at least seven fifty, and they're like, hey man, I got three hundred. <laughs> And you're like, wait, I gotta, I gotta fly on Southwest, <laughs> on a buddy pass. <laughs> I gotta fly on Southwest, um, and connect through Minneapolis to to go do a show, uh, in South Carolina. And you want to pay me three hundred? It that's that's where the problem arises, you know. So you gotta say to yourself, okay, well, is it worth it? Some dudes will go and do that gig for three hundred. Why do I know this? Because I've had promoters back then say to me, "Hey man, you you know such and such did this for three hundred. Why you why are you trying to get?" I'm like, "Hey man, well that's how much I, I I need, and if we can't make it happen, it's no problem." And here's the thing, yo, once you set your number, don't dip under it. It's like playing blackjack, right? Learn this with regards to playing blackjack. The best way to play back blackjack is once you set a number or set a limit, you don't stray from that limit. So you're playing blackjack. Um, it was taught to me that uh, you hit on anything up to, is it you hit on anything up to 15 or 16 and you hold at 16 or 17. It's either you, you hit up to 15, if, you, if the cards you were dealt are at 15, you take a hit. But if you have sixteen or better, you you hold, because the I guess the odds are the odds are forever in your favor. No, I guess the odds of you busting after sixteen go go up a little more. The odds of you getting a a uh, a five or higher are are greater if you have sixteen. Something like that. Anyway, anywho, so. Same thing with your, with your, how much you're going to go do a gig for, man. If if you say to yourself, you know what, I'm not leaving, which is what Rudy kind of helped us establish. I ain't doing nothing for less than 500. Boom. That lets you know, all right, I'm at least going to get 500 for my headache and my travels. And, of course, there are going to be other uh, factors that come up that might throw that off. As you might have, you're going to have some shiesty promoters. You're going to deal with people that don't, uh, don't handle things professionally but at least you know you set your uh your numbers up as as well as you could you know so uh all that to say that was then this is now and Ahmed Maz Dean and crew they set it up so that anytime you go to the Middle East to do these gigs they said, yo, we don't do them for uh, less than uh, X amount. I ain't going to give y'all my, my, my business like that. And you always have to fly at least business class or better. And that's 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 what I adhere to and hold to. If I'm, if I'm flying 12 to 16, 17 hours, you got you to gotta spend a lot of money on, it, on a flight. And I don't think that's outlandish or out of, out of pocket. Cause I know they're getting them a banging show, and uh, and the military gigs are the exception. Why? Why do you say? Why are the military gigs the exception? Because here's the thing: you go to work for the military. Generally speaking, the military might not really pay 
because they feel like you know what you're doing this for 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 the troops and country and you should be honored to do so and there's truth to that but also uh but like me like look i was in the military um i served my country uh so you gotta gotta pay me gotta pay it, brother uh so the the compromise in those gigs is that uh you know let them book the ticket and book whatever airline and i'll fly over coach and usually i'll just uh use air miles to upgrade uh my my uh flight status to to um you know business class at least um, let me tell you something. Business class, it makes a difference, especially if you if you flying flying cross country. I can fly cross cross country, uh, you know, coach. But uh, you flying overseas, it, it definitely makes a difference, especially on those long double digit trips. Man, you go to South Africa on coach versus South Africa in business class is the difference between uh, being in the bottom of the Amistad. <laughs> or, or flying on the USS Enterprise in Captain Kirk's seat. So, so you get that visual if you want to be Captain Kirk, or you want to be give give us us free, give us free. So, uh, on on these military gigs, actually flying back, I did uh, I did fly business. Uh, but we, the only problem was here's the thing: I decided that I wanted to. I wanted the air miles because flying Qatar Airways, I'm not sure, I can't recall what airlines they partner with. And there's another thing, not just for comics that listen, but anybody. If you travel, if you fly more than once or twice a year, man, collect those air miles. That's currency that, that matters. My wife's been flying back and forth to England, going back to see her family for years, and she only recently started collecting air miles. She could have had thousands tens of thousands of air miles by now uh since she's been here since the mid 80s so she blew it on that note uh but we gotta straighten out son straighten it out shout out p rock and cl smooth mount vernon's finest baby uh <laughs> so anyway so boom so we flew over uh supposed to be me black eyed p one of the p's and uh, there's uh, a band, but it turns out, I don't know what happened with the P, but instead we had my man DJ Scribble um, and a, a cover band by the name of Dirty Word. And, yo, can I just say we had a blast over here, son? I mean, when I say we had a blast, we 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 turned beyond up. We we turned to infinity. It was dope, man. It was it a was nice show. Um left out on sunday the sunday after christmas but before new year's flight left that uh i left that afternoon evening and he, and that's the other thing when you're traveling you have to understand because people always think the time in the air nah you gotta factor in the travel time to the airport it, it can become very strenuous very strenuous indeed so you add in another two hours before the flight you add in your packing, which usually for me takes place the night before the flight or maybe the day of. Uh, and that's right, three hours added to your travel. So I traveled this this trip 
going, I think the first leg of the flight from New York City to Amsterdam, because like I said, I wanted, I wanted my flight, my flight miles, so I flew uh, Delta, because I fly Delta, was my status, and I wanted to collect those miles, so there were no direct Delta flights, and Delta partnered with KLM, so I uh, have them partner, and collect those air miles, I fly on KLM to Amsterdam, uh, to get my Dutch on, and that flight going headed east is a little quicker. The flight going was, I want to say, about five, five and a half hours. We got in Monday morning, and then the connection, we had about a two, two and a half hour layover, and then there was another six and a half, seven hour flight to Doha, Qatar. I met um sound engineer, my boy Benny, and then the the brothers in the band. Uh, let me see if I can remember everybody's name. You got Casey. You got my man John, who I sat next to when we kicked it. Uh, Cody is the uh, sound engineer. Uh, my boy Dale. And damn, I'm forgetting someone. Am I forgetting someone? I said Dale. I said Cody. No, Cody was the engineer. I Dale. John, Casey, and Rick. My man Rick. Rick had a beautiful voice. We uh, our rooms were next to each other, so we got to the base. Uh, so listen, we we fly over there, and everybody's hungry. Uh, shout out to Shay, uh, Captain Harris, because she picked us up. It took me a second to remember her from last time, but I did remember. Um, she's actually the one that said, "Oh, you know what? Let's bring Dean Edwards back," which was nice. I appreciate that. Uh, so brought me back. We're headed to the base, and everybody's like, "Yeah, we're hungry." But keep in mind, it's it's uh you know nine ten o'clock at night on a Monday night, so there aren't a lot of options. Where why do we go to a TGI Fridays? <laughs> we go to a TGI Fridays in Doha, Qatar. <laughs> how how American can we get? There's actually a strip. Of there's a McDonald's, a Burger King, and TGI Fridays, and um, I think there was a Subway over there as well. So we go to TGI Fridays. Oh, Scribble flew Qatar Airways, so he went directly. He was waiting for us at the airport. Uh, we all scoop up. I hadn't seen Scrib since uh, he worked Hot 97. I think this might have been right when he was also doing his thing on MTV, and. Uh, and this is post Young Black Teenagers scribble. There's a group uh, from the early 90s, Young Black Teenagers. If any of y'all ever saw that movie, was it The House Party? No, it was Class Act with Kid and Play. Class Act, remember they went away uh, to, to college? Uh, they went away to college. You know what, Ken, I want y'all to, uh, to hold that thought. So as I was saying, <laughs> you see what I did there? You see what I did there? So we go, we go to TGI Fridays, uh, me, uh, and me, the groove, and your friends, going to try to move your feet. So we go over, we, um, we're very American, so we go get our food from TGI Fridays. Time we get to the base, it's late. Everybody's tired. I think we still wound up hanging out a little later because you want to get your body acclimated to the uh, time difference. 
And the I think Qatar is yes yeah, eight hours ahead of Eastern Standard uh, Time here in New York. So if it was ten p.m. in Qatar, it was only two p.m. in New York City. So didn't want to go to sleep at two o'clock in the afternoon. When we got back there, say three o'clock, got got we got to the our. Uh, rooms we had like dormitory set up so we just went and hung out at a bar uh van wanted to drink but we didn't have our drink drink passes so there was a lot of water there was a lot of water to go around uh some highlights of the trip um because they had us had us on a itinerary i initially was reluctant to want to leave on sunday because i was like I have a family. I can't just go early, but it actually made sense because you, after all that travel, man, you need that day to catch a breather as opposed to flying in and having to do the show that night. So Tuesday, Tuesday was just real light. Um, we really didn't have a lot scheduled. I think we went to the, uh, there was a canine demonstration. I did this canine demonstration previously where, they have the, the, the canines that, you know, sniff out drugs and also help keep the peace and maintain the peace on base uh, and throughout the world. TSAs, they, they train a lot of dogs and then the dogs will get outsourced once they do their time in, uh, in the military. They then might go ahead to work for police or, uh, you know, for TSA. Um, they said some of them actually have worked with, uh, with, uh, President Obama on, on different details when he goes to different, different bases throughout the world. So, which I thought was interesting. So we go to have a, uh, demonstration to see how well trained they are, but also, um, yeah, they, they let the dogs, they put you in a suit and then let the dog attack you if you want. Now I did this before. And one time was enough, you know, and I'll say before I say again, no black man uh, wants to have a dog chase them for recreational purposes. Now, Scribble, obviously, Scribble had no problem doing it. I actually, y'all can check it out on uh, on Instagram. It's just up there. I think it's hilarious. It was actually funny. And the screaming in the background, we cannot tell if it's him or if it's the instructor, but it sounds like him. Which I thought was funny. <laughs> oh shoot, that was real funny, man. But but that was fun. Uh, yo, got to drive uh, this two million dollar vehicle called the Mat V. Um, heavy terrain uh, vehicle has infrared lights and sensors so that you can shoot at night and you can you can track. It was like a video game. It was like playing Call of Duty. And they let us drive them, and I remember saying to the guy that showed us the uh, showed us the uh, the vehicles, because he kept saying, "Yeah, man, you know, give it some gas." I was like, "This is two million dollars, you don't." I don't. He was like, "You, it, it'd be a lot for you to, you know, damage this." And, and he said that until I almost uh, <laughs> went over into this into a ravine. <laughs> I almost ruined the equipment. I'm sorry, I didn't meet it, um, but that was fun, and we posted some pictures, uh, and, and and the the wheels were like 40, 
these joints were gigantic, which made me realize all these cats talking about balling. I'm I'm sitting on 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 dubs. Nah, you ain't never sit on 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 uh, dubs dubbed. These dubs were dubs, son. It was nice. It was nice. Um, then we got uh, bomb. The the what was that movie? Hurt Locker. We had a demonstration of uh, from the guys uh, that work. I think it's EOD. I forgot what it stands for, but these are the dudes that uh, fuse bombs or go in to retrieve uh, explosives. And, uh, you know, you had to salute these dudes because, I mean, they, they really not only work under strenuous uh, circumstances, but it's impressive that they have to know all, everything about explosives and then how they work and the mechanisms. And they were explaining to us how... They'll usually have explosives around the explosives. And the more detail someone pays into making sure you can't, uh, you cannot uh, diffuse a bomb, the more deadly and dangerous it is. You know, because you have some bombs that they just have one mechanism that sets off the, uh, the explosive. But then you'll have other explosives that have multiple mechanisms. So you might, you might have... This wire, you 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 can uh, stop it from exploding from one wire, but then there are three or four other things that can switch the uh, the explosive on on getting set off. It was amazing, actually, and, and they also let us uh, control the little robotic mechanisms or the robots that they have to send in remotely. I thought that was just impressive, man. It's, and then then uh, Scribbles got to put on the Hurt Locker outfit, so it was, it was it was a fun time, and then Tuesday night, there was a little DJ contest, and I realized, nobody dances on this bass, well, nobody dances together, you know what people do, the only way you saw people dance together is when it was a line dance, and they played that wobble, they wobble, they wobble with me, wobble with me, get in here, yeah, yeah, get in here, yeah, yeah, uh, and these people, the, the floor was, was rushed, because it started off, it was like, this is a DJ showcase with all the DJs on the bass. So you had like, Scribble did his thing and then maybe, and he just, he wasn't part of it, but they asked if he was part of it. So of course, why not? He said, uh, which also lets people know, you don't always have to do it for, for money, man. Do it for the love. If you're already there, people people were impressed and got, got a little extra show and it was able to let people know that might not have known about the New Year's Eve gig. That we were uh, rocking out, that uh, we were gonna be there. So he did his thing. A bunch of cats just did some old school, just uh, mixing and scratching and transforming. And then, uh, then the DJs they started playing some music, and I noticed dudes now dance with each other. Like now, dudes don't ask girls to dance. I wondered if it's because dudes got sick of just asking women to dance, and women acting too fly to dance with them. So they were like, you know, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna sit here and and since I know all the words to Bobby Smurder, I'm gonna just do the Smurder dance with my boys, and that's what that's what was happening, <laughs> and which was was odd. But I was like, yeah, I get it. But the only time people danced together was uh during the line dance and there were a lot of line dance songs i had no idea that there were this many line dance songs in existence however they are they're there it's amazing man uh and then uh then things were over i don't know what around 
11, maybe maybe 12. Then we uh, we might have gone to Pizza Hut. We went to the bar. Grabbed some Pizza Hut. No, you know what? Afterwards, I met a... Um, there was a sergeant that actually uh, introduced herself to us. And she introduced us to... Uh, she kept bigging up. There's a comedian on bass, and he I, and and we were like, oh really? And but she seemed more excited about him being a comedian than he did, which just seemed odd to me. And she was like, this is I'm I'm about to introduce him to you. That's this is going to change his life. So I was and Scribble's like, oh, here we go. But I was like, nah, you know what? I don't mind, uh, you know, giving whatever insight I can. Y'all know I ain't big on advice. But I could share whatever I whatever insight I have on it. So she brought him over. Dude's nice dude. Um, but I kind of, this is where I realized I said, you know what? To me, he didn't seem ultimately too serious about being focused on pursuing comedy full time. At least not now, because he says to me, he's like, yeah, man, you know. I said, how long have you been doing? He said, twelve years. Now. Anybody out there should know that if you've been doing comedy, say, 10 years, if you've been a comedian five years, but you're a comedian for five years in, let's say, Dayton, Ohio. Five years in Dayton, Ohio, to me, is really like two, two and a half years in New York City or L.A. or maybe even Chicago and Miami. Because you're not getting on as much, you're not getting as much experience, and you're not getting as many at bats and as many at reps. So, and that's not me hating on your experience. That's just me saying you don't have the same legs as someone that's been doing comedy for five years in a major market. Um, and that just it's it's really just a numbers game. It's not to say you can't be funny. I'm just saying it's it's. You might be a little more seasoned in in a larger market. So he said that. I was like, okay, 12 years. And 12 years in, I'm thinking, okay, we should know some of the same people. So he, he tells me he's gigged in Pensacola and a couple of other areas um, and bases that he's he's lived in. Germany and whatnot. So, But it starts sounding like excuses to me. So I said... I said, um, you know, well, uh, I said, how come you're not on this show that we're doing tomorrow night? And he tells me, no, nah, no, nah, sir, you know what? I don't, I don't mix my military with my comedy. And at that point, that's where he kind of lost because in my mind, I'm like, well, you ain't really serious about this, son. Because here's the thing. You can't serve two masters. Um, I understand you have to have a job. But while you have a job, you should still be grinding and getting on stage as much as possible. If you if you love it to where you cannot exist without it, that's how it's supposed to be. That's how you're supposed to feel about it. You're supposed to, and so any show that comes through this that base, he's supposed to be on. He's supposed to be the host on any of those shows. He's supposed to, if they need an MC, if they just need somebody to uh, bring up the band to do ten up ten tight up top. That's who he's supposed to be. So once he told me that, that made me say, nah, she's more focused on your career than you are. So I'll catch him when he's when he's out the military in the next couple of years, I guess. So then we uh we went 
got some pizza. They had a pizza head on base, man. It was actually a gigantic base. So you had pizza. And, and then to get to the show, the show was dope, man. Because uh, it was a bit of a challenge initially because it's outdoors. Um, so acoustically, outdoor shows are always kind of challenging because unlike doing a club uh, or even a theater, you have four walls to protect you from the outside elements as well as distractions. If you have just open space, people can come and go as they please. They can walk in and out of the show, it's a lot more distractions. The sound is usually sucky. The microphones probably aren't uh, EQ'd properly so that you're getting maximum uh, vocal range. And uh, yeah, so on top of that, there's no host. See, like the last two times I did this bass, because we did it Christmas Eve a couple of years ago, and then Jay Larson and I returned uh we 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 came back the following summer, I think, and it was hot. It was like 120 in the shade, man. It was blazing out there. So this time I didn't have my boy Jay with me, so Scribble played for about 10 minutes, and then the show started. They brought me on. Uh, I had to do an hour. I'm never really. Not, not, there was no fear. It was, it was more just okay. Geez, now I got a I got a host headline. So, I got my little John where I started, uh, you know, I went into the audience. Um, That usually breaks the ice. I had them raise the lights because, and here's another little rule, little protocol for y'all to follow, all all your new heads. If you're ever in a situation where you you don't want people to heckle and there's a big space, a lot of people, tell them turn the lights on. People feel a little less brave with the lights on, so you're less apt to get heckled when the lights are on. And also, if you do get heckled, you can see who heckles you, as opposed to them just being a phantom sniper heckler in the back where it's just dark and you can't see him. Feel me? So I go on, I do about an hour, kill it, it's, it's, it's all love, have a great time. Uh, I finish up and tell them the band will be on in a minute. Band came on about 10 minutes later. They did like an hour, hour and a half set. Killed it, Dirty Words, Fire. They uh they do covers and they did everything from. But oh, here's what was dope. They did a blend where Scribbles was 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 playing with them. So he was scratching while they're playing and and they're doing everything from uh from Jump Around, uh House of Pain to Rush. Tom Sawyer. Anybody that knows me knows I dig Rush. Uh, and man, Tom Sawyer, mean mean pie. I just I like Rush, man. That was like one of the first rock groups that that I uh was into when we moved up to the suburbs, man. Didn't it? Because this stuff was really harmonic and uh, had had a beat that sounded like soul music. So uh uh ah, and then they did uh 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 there is always something there to remind me. Ah, so they had like a nice range of of music they you know had pops they did uh iggy azalea uh uh, they brought me on stage to sing my girl which was which was fun won't be releasing that video (laughs) uh me and captain harris we did uh uh uh, we did um rapper's delight which was fun and then i freestyled a little because i forgot some of the lyrics to rapper's delight 
And then uh and then Scribbles just put his foot in them, man, and we brought in we brought in the New Year, something lovely. And after this the New Year started, the stage was empty, right? At some point people rushed the stage and I just looked up and I saw I saw Spider Man and I saw I think Danger Mouse on stage, which made me wonder who who said, you know what, I gotta make sure I bring this costume. <laughs> when will I cause when do you you join the Air Force, you never say to yourself, you know what, this looks like a job for Spider Man. But Spider Man was right there. And said once the stage got packed, I said, It's enough for me. Dime dime to be lighted out of here. So I just I, I went and got us some pizza for Pizza Hut. And kept checking back in with scribbles, and then they, we went we went hard till like two a.m. and it was uh it was nice, man. So I had fun. I hope you I hope y'all had fun in your New Year's, man. Uh, and then uh, got back this weekend. Oh, you know it was dope. Um, uh, my boy Hugh Mizzle, Hugh Moore, the incredible. He reminded me that uh Cat Williams was in town, so we actually we went uh to to Cat show at the Barclay Center. That was kinda hot. Um and then we hung out backstage. It's always good to see Cat and uh some of the other comics uh on the show that I've known for years and my man Shalant and uh Daphnique and uh and Richie Redding and they they all did a pretty good job in Cat. Cat, uh, you know, was was excellent as always. I was inspired, man. You go into that type of venue, um, you know, the, the venue that holds up to about twenty thousand people, and he had it packed in there. Damn, they sold out by the time he came on, or it was sold out by the time he came on. And um, I, you know, anytime I go to concerts like that, whether it's a musician or a comedian, I'm just that was the first time I'd gone to a stadium and seen a. A comic perform at a stadium, you know, arena type event. So, uh, and he filled up the stage, you know, which which is something that comics should know. Everybody, every comic is not built for a stadium because every comic cannot fill up that stadium with uh with their jokes and with their energy. But he he definitely is a master and uses the stage well, man. Uh, I'm inspired. I look forward to the day that I'm headlining. The Barclays and the Garden and uh, and every other large 15,000, 20,000 seat arena um, across the world, man. The O2 Arena in, uh, in London. Look forward to it. You got to breathe it to existence, people. You must breathe it into existence. You feel me? You feel me? Y'all don't feel me. Y'all don't follow me. Uh, I also said to myself, you know what? I'm going to go into my, my, my Bruce Lee-isms. Uh, this year and drop drop a little uh, little jewel um on on the episodes so this week's quote from the dragon the little dragon bruce lee the successful warrior is the average man with laser-like focus huh let's say that again the successful warrior is the average man with laser-like focus I like that, man. And on that note, well, uh, let's, as always, uh, big up our boy uh, Joseph Vesey and the uh, the Callback Podcast. And y'all make sure y'all check out and support uh, all things Joseph Vesey. 
uh, follow him and feel him. And uh, and look, uh, this year, once again, um, for those that may not have uh, noticed, I changed the dates on the Gotham date. Gotham is now, Gotham Comedy Club is now Easter weekend, Friday and Saturday of um, of Easter, which I believe are, is that the 3rd and 4th of April? I think it's 3rd or 4th of April. Um, but yeah, let me know if I'm wrong. But I believe the Friday and Saturday, first Friday and Saturday of April, which are the 3rd and 4th, are the dates that will be at Gotham Comedy Club. So y'all check me out if you're in New York City. Uh, if you are in Denver, uh, y'all can come catch me at the Denver Improv January 22nd through 25th. I'm at the Denver Improv. It's been been uh, maybe a year and a half, two years since I've been back, back to Denver. Won't be there with Harris, so I don't know how it's gonna feel because it's gonna be awkward. That's my that's my road dog. I think last time we did it, we uh, the weather was terrible, so we had we had to get a flight out of uh, Newark Airport. So it'll be interesting to return back there without my road dog. But I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you can uh, look up Denver Improv online and get get your tickets and but oh and you know what i'm at warm daddy's january 7th philly i'm coming back they've been trying to get me down there my man teray and my band my man buck the funk wild finally got me back down there warm daddy's uh in philly this this wednesday wednesday the 7th of january so y'all can check me out there and then if if you happen to cruise um i will be all up in you on the norwegian uh the norwegian getaway the entire month of april damn that's a long time unfortunately um i, I know i'm be disappointed i was supposed to uh they extended me i was supposed to only do two weeks but uh they extended a brother which is great but also sucks because uh the saturday night saturday night live 40 year anniversary Celebration is on uh, Sunday, February 15th, and unfortunately, your boy's going to have to miss that. And I was looking forward to going, not just to uh, kick it with all my uh, all my um, former castmate buddies from, uh, you know, Jeff Richards and Seth and Amy and uh, Maya. And I'm, I was actually looking forward to seeing if Tracy was going to be able to make it, Tracy Morgan and not, and uh, seeing Jimmy and Tina and, and Will um but i gotta pass up and but i was also looking forward to seeing some of the uh newer cast members that i'm cool with you know my boy uh big up michael shea and, and my boy farrell uh my girl leslie and uh I haven't met this year but i was looking forward to me i was also looking forward to just seeing how how many black cast members are on the show now my man pete davidson's on there now um he's not black but it may as well be seeing uh seeing rock up there, you know, uh post top five and you know, just kicking him, breaking bread with him and thanking him again for putting me in his movie. Uh but you know, uh we 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 gotta uh do what we gotta do. So brother won't be there. Uh I'll probably it'll it's, it'll be a little bittersweet, so I'm slightly disappointed, but what can you do? And um yeah, man, uh, I'm looking forward to it. As always, like I said, follow brother on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at I am Dean Edwards. That's who I am. Uh, new website, they told me, should be up and running by the end of this month. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I'm hoping to uh, 
have the the cool for the market t-shirts available on the site um so yeah yeah that's that's how we feel right now man uh mike i didn't yo mike i did it on my own son i hope it sounds pretty good it sounds good to me baby i'm gonna keep talking till we get to uh to exactly 60 minutes it's at 59 54 55 56 57 58 59 we did it we did an hour son it's a new year man welcome to 2015 and uh and big up anyone that uh that ever had a dream and pursued it man that's we live we live in our dream uh you know as ll said Touch a slicker than grease, needle sharper than knives. We'll be doing what we're doing for the rest of our lives. You want a piece of the action? It's time to party, get up. Not a somebody bummy singer putting change in a cup. Want to see a boogie oogie jumping up and down. Bite your lip and hold your breath until we come to your town. LL, hit cool, hit J, hit is hit hard. Cut creator, cut the record. I'm sorry. All right, yo. It's your man Dean Edwards for the Monkey Protocol. Big up all things comedy. And everybody involved, man, we'll catch y'all next time. I am Dean Edwards, Two Fingers Peasy.